Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of Crimson and Cream Machine on the SB Nation network of podcasts. It's time for our weekly handicapping uh, segment, Picks Trying Not to Suck. As usual, I've got my brother, the skinny, on. We're going to uh, talk uh, some of our favorite picks against the spread for uh, rivalry week of college football. So let's go ahead. Welcome on, skinny. What's up, man? Oh, you know, yeah, should be a fun week here with lots of good football and, uh, you know, hopefully an exciting Bedlam game, but we'll see. Right. Now, now we're on the street as you met up with our um, one of our uh, contacts, E-Dollar, last weekend. Did he uh, have any uh, words of wisdom for you? <laughs> words of wisdom, I wouldn't say, but man, the guy uh, certainly knows his sports betting. I'll put it that way. He had a you know, he had a, a take for the Utah State OU hoops game out in, uh, what was that, uh, Myrtle Beach, you know, the game everybody was looking for. So, uh, you know, the guy is a machine when it comes to um, sports, uh, college sports knowledge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, he's always a good resource to bounce some ideas off of. So and he's got plenty of his own clearly so yeah <laughs> all right well we'll talk about the the big bedlam game here at the end but uh let's go ahead and we'll go through our um favorite picks against the spread but first we'll uh, recap last week's results um let's see here you went three and two against the spread uh bringing you to 23 and 27 on the season for a 46 percent uh success rate you had SMU plus 10.5, that went uh, against you. Uh, Wisconsin minus 9, that went against you. But then Indy minus 17 was a hit. Uh, Ohio State minus 19 was a hit. And West Virginia minus 3, another hit. Uh, I went 4 and 1, bringing my record on the season to 40 and 20 against the spread, a 67% success rate. Uh, only one I missed was Kansas State plus one, but I got Nebraska plus nine, Navy plus four. Uh, I was with you on Ohio State minus 19 and North Texas minus 10 against the hapless FIU Panthers. Uh, so let's go ahead and we will all go ahead and get us started for this week, week 13. Now remember, it's our five favorite picks against the spread. Neither of us have shared uh, our picks with the other ahead of time. So we're coming in fresh here. I'll go ahead. I'm going to start off my first pick this week. I'm going to take Louisville minus three. Um, the Cardinals are hosting uh, Kentucky in an annual, you know, rivalry game there in the bluegrass state. And this just to me, you know, if you had told me that uh, Louisville would be in this position at this point in the season playing as well as they are, I would have been really surprised, uh, you know, if you had told me that at the beginning of the season. They look so bad in their season opener 
but uh, they've really kind of turned turned things around here. They're playing well lately, and it feels to me like uh, Kentucky just looking at you know how they've played the last three four weeks, um, kind of moving the opposite direction here. So I, I like the Cardinals minus three. I'll go ahead and lay the three with uh, Louisville. Yeah, you know this is a weird week because it's it's almost like uh, you know picking bowl games because. You're at that point where, you know, end of the season, you have a lot of people with nothing to play for. You know, it's always kind of an odd week. So kind of sticking on that theme for my first pick, looking at Kansas State going to Texas. um, uh, Sorry, Kansas State minus three going to Texas, right? Um, They're plus. Sorry, sorry, plus three. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm kind of looking at this, uh, you know, Texas, what, were were we five in a row now they've lost? I Um, so, yeah. You know, just everything trending poorly there. I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, I'm getting K-State, getting points on the road. I'm going to go ahead and take it. I think K-State wins outright. Yeah, no, this is an interesting one to me because, I mean, obviously Texas is such a mess. But, you know, Kansas State not having Skylar Thompson, and I believe Will Howard is going to sit this one out too. So they might be down to their third string QB. Uh, you know, but that run game, uh, <laughs> you know, Texas's defense has been so bad. Um, I guess we'll just have to, we'll, we'll see how it plays out there. But okay, so that's Kansas State plus three. All right. Um, my second pick, Thanksgiving night, the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Uh, there's a revenge factor here for Mississippi State after losing last year, and this is obviously a pretty ugly rivalry. Um, but the other, I, I, the other thing here is, I feel like there's a big coaching mismatch on in this game between Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. And on top of that, I, I really like the way that uh, Mississippi State, you know, play defends the pass relative to uh, what Ole Miss wants to do. So I'm gonna go ahead and lay one and a half with Mississippi State here in the Egg Bowl. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll go with the pirate over, uh, over the lane train. Yeah. You know, it's kind of amazing. Like Mike Leach, if you're any school out there of like kind of the Mississippi state level, you know, I, I know, you know, Leach is kind of an odd figure, right. But like, if you want to get bowl eligible, probably have some seven, eight, maybe nine win game seasons. Like he can do that anywhere. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. He's got, you know, this, uh, you know, he's one of those guys, too, who just he has his system and, you know, he doesn't really mess around with game planning and stuff like that. Um, You know, I I wouldn't want to hire him, honestly, to represent my my university personally. But, um, yeah, no, he is a he's he's definitely a wizard. So. All right. So what's your second? Okay, I'm looking at Ohio State. Uh, You know, I've been on them the last few weeks. Ohio State here going to Michigan. You know, I know this is a rivalry game. You know, obviously uh, Michigan is improved this year. Uh, you know, but but I still look at this. Uh, Ohio State is by far and away the best team in this conference. And and sure, Michigan. You know, they put together a nice season. Um, certainly much improved over last year. I, I still just don't think they're anywhere near the level of talent that Ohio State has. I think Ohio State continues to roll here. I'll take them giving eight on the road. Oh, man. We've got a disagreement this week. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm taking Big Blue. Um, Michigan plus eight there at home. I I know I'm going to hate myself in the morning, but um, I just – I look at this and there have been enough games this year to me where – 
Ohio State has really failed to uh, separate from teams that you know defend, especially teams that defend as well as uh, a team like Michigan does. You know, you look at like say Penn State or Nebraska or Oregon. Um, there have been enough of those games to me where teams have been able to kind of keep it close. And, you know, I'm not entirely convinced that uh, Ohio State's defense is, is fixed. I mean, in a lot of ways, they've been bumping up against some teams that are pretty limited offensively. Um, you know, this is going to this is the best Michigan team we've seen in a while. And I think they're going to be pretty fired up in Ann Arbor for this one. I'm going to go ahead and take the eight. Um, and I, I know I, I know I'm tempting fate here, but I'll, I'll go ahead and go with the underdog uh, Wolverines. Okay. All right. All right. So what's your third? Uh, okay. I'm looking at uh, the Iron Bowl here. We've got Bama going to Auburn. Uh, at least I checked this yesterday. It was Auburn. I had Auburn plus 19 and a half. That's correct. Yeah. That's um, you know, and I know Auburn's kind of fading uh, here down the stretch. Uh, lost a tough one last week to South Carolina. You know, uh, but Bama really hasn't been overwhelming anyone. This game's always tough. It's always close. You know, you get that rivalry aspect to it. 19 and a half seems like a big number, even given what, what Auburn's been doing lately. I'll take Auburn getting the 19 and a half at home. Yeah, I looked hard at this one, and it's mainly, like you mentioned, there would be mainly kind of a play against Alabama, which hasn't been quite the machine that we're used to seeing. Um, I ended up laying off. To me, I'd either be taking the points with Auburn or nothing, so I'm, I'd be with you there. All right, uh, my fourth pick. Oh, man, I'm going back to the well here with the uh, North Texas Mean Green plus 10.5 hosting uh, UTSA. Um, UTSA obviously is an undefeated uh, team here. I I feel like they're probably going to win this game, but North Texas has played really well down the stretch. I think they've won four straight games. This would be for bowl eligibility. Um, and you know, I think that it would probably secure Seth Luttrell's job for one more year if they could get this win. Um, so I'll go ahead and, and take North Texas, a uh, good running game. Uh, last week, here's a fun fact. They threw for 233 yards and they only completed seven passes. So <laughs> they threw for 30 yards of pass that's our completion. That's, uh, that's something. So anyway, yeah, mean, well, this is mean green two weeks in a row for you, huh? I know two weeks in a row on mean well, green. All yeah, right. they just—I I was impressed with how they looked last week too. So okay, all right. Well, I'm man. Talk about another ugly game here. Uh, I'm looking at West Virginia going to Kansas. Uh, you know, maybe going to the well one too many times here on Kansas, but you know, you look back at that Texas game, and even last week, like. Uh, you know, I, I'm struggling to find the right word, but this is a serviceable case. Like, this looks like, uh, you know, it, well, you know, this is a KU team that can compete with the bottom teams in the Big 12. How about that? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, you know, I know there's some, like, you know, there's some questions that are running back in terms of injuries and things, but, you know, I still think 15 and a half, KU at home, uh, you know, they're playing well. I mean, they're, it, it's, it's no accident what they've done in the past couple of weeks. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take KU plus 15 and a half at home. Yeah, I mean, they're maybe not a bottom five team in the country anymore or bottom three team. They're maybe like a bottom 12 team or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you take take little victories, I guess, right, wherever you can get them. Sure. So. 
Uh, yeah, all right, that is KU plus 15 and a half uh, versus West Virginia. All right, my last one here, another in-state rivalry befitting this week. Uh, this one I've got um, NC State playing host to North Carolina. Uh, you know, North Carolina's had some some stuff going on with a quarterback with uh, Sam Howell. Um, and, it, you know, they really broke one off on uh, the the Wolfpack last year. I think it was a 48-21 final where, you know, North Carolina was really laying it on late. So I think that there's a revenge factor here. And I feel like uh, North Carolina State is, just a, is really just a better team. Um, you know, not a flashy team by any stretch, but... Solid all over. I'll take uh, I'll take the Wolfpack and I'll lay the six against the Tar Heels. Yeah, I, I like that one as well. Um, I didn't pick it, but for my last pick, I'm looking at another in-state rivalry game here. Pretty ugly. Florida State going to Florida. Um, boy, you know, Florida obviously just kind of a mess. I mean, you never know. Maybe they kind of rally around an interim coach, right? But uh, not a lot to play for. And quietly, Florida State's been a little bit better, right? So, um, you know, the last kind of half the season, I'll go ahead and take Florida State um, getting three here on the road. That's a really odd one, isn't it? You know, I mean, I think that I think that it, before Dan Mullen got fired, I think that this was like Florida minus 11, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, obviously a big shift there, but still, gosh, I mean, like Florida is such a mess right now. Like even the idea of them laying points against against a serviceable team, you know, it just seems odd to me. But we'll find I guess we'll see. huh? All right. So just to recap, let's see here. Skinny, you've got Kansas State plus three. You're laying it with Ohio State minus eight. Uh, plus 19 and a half for Auburn. You're taking the points plus 15 and a half with Kansas and taking the three with Florida State over Florida. I've Let's see here. I've got Louisville minus three versus Kentucky. Mississippi State minus one and a half. Michigan plus eight. So we're uh, opposites uh, on opposite sides there of the uh, big game or whatever it is they call it. Uh, North Texas plus 10 and a half. And I've got North Carolina State minus six. All right. Well, now that we've got that out of the way, uh, let's talk a little Sooners football. Before we get into uh, Bedlam, just, uh, I don't know, thoughts on uh, what we saw last week against Iowa State? Yeah, I mean, it's it was ugly, right? I mean, obviously, you look at that defensive performance, and, and you're pretty happy with it. And, uh, you know, on the offensive ball, something's just not right. I mean, and, and it kind of starts with, um, you know, Caleb Williams. Uh, he was clearly rattled against Baylor, and then, clearly that, you know, carried forward to last week. And, um, you know, it's, they don't seem to have any kind of identity running the ball, throwing the ball. It's just, um, you know, it's kind of a mess, but, um, you know, I mean, at the same time you get a win over, you know, what I think is a pretty decent Iowa state team. And, um, you know, I guess you kind of move on. It's, it's the oddest, ugliest 10 and one I could imagine. Right, right. You know, there's that saying in sports, you know, like winning is a skill, you know, and it. I think that that comes down to stuff, you know, talking about like making the important plays or what have you in the, in the key moments. But like, I mean, I hate I hate tropes like that. <laughs> but the thing about about it is I almost feel like this OU team is, is showing kind of the opposite that like, you know, they're playing as though whatever those those, you know, whatever makes up that skill 
it's it's like it's not really translating. I mean, you know, you look at a team, you look at how the, this is going with, say, uh, last week, you know, you had, um, oh, like, you know, that fake punt near the end there that Iowa State scored. That was their longest play of the day, 29 yards. Uh, and it was such an obvious time for the Cyclones to do something like that. And OU just was completely out of it, you know, or, you know, just ridiculous personal foul penalties two weeks in a row on Perry on Winfrey. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I look at and think, whatever it is that's going on, you know, those are the kinds of things that OU really needs to clean up in my mind, just as much as, uh, whatever's going on in the passing game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, um, yeah, you're right. Winning is a skill, but I, I mean, also I think the fact that all these games are so close, right. And you know, when they really shouldn't be, I mean, you think, Oh, you had several chances to kind of put this out of Iowa state's reach with how their defense is playing. And you're right. You know, it's, it's okay. You're not ready for a fake punt, stupid penalties, just, um, you kind of be inexplicable to tell. So keep these close. So, yeah, I mean, it goes back to stuff like kicking deep against Kansas State there late in that game when they had a two-score lead, and they kicked it to one of the best kick returners in the country. Like, you know, I mean, and a lot of that goes on Lincoln Riley, I think. So, um, you know, the, that's just as much on him, I think. So we'll see. But um, all right, Bedlam. Whew. Oklahoma State is a three-and-a-half or four-point favorite, depending on where you're looking. They're in Stillwater. Um, you know, Oklahoma, this is a pretty, you know, unfamiliar spot going into this game, being the underdog. I mean, you know, what does OU in your mind need to do to win this game? Well, they're going to have to run the football, right? Which is a tough task, um, against Oklahoma state. Uh, you know, I feel pretty good about OU's defense, you know, the way they played last week, although <laughs> these things don't always translate week to week with this team. Against, you know, what's, you know, a, a pretty, a, a very average Oklahoma State offense, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, they're going to have to be able to run the ball consistently. Uh, that's what this comes down to. That will, you know, that hopefully helps them get into the flow of the game. Hopefully opens up some of the passing game for them, right? Um, easier uh, said than done against a, a really good OSU defense. Yeah, you know, I look at it and, <sighs> I mean, it feels to me like, Oklahoma's defense has had its obviously had its struggles this year, but I honestly feel like the last two weeks it's playing pretty well. Um, and the one one thing about uh, Oklahoma State compared to Iowa State and Baylor, for example, is uh, they don't necessarily have the kinds of receivers. They've got some solid guys out there. But they don't have a guy like a Tyquan Thornton or Xavier Hutchinson or Charlie Kohler who really concerns you in kind of one on one situations and matchups. Um, so, you know, I mean, to me, that's that's kind of something to take away. I feel, in other words, I kind of feel like as good as Oklahoma State's defense is, the ceiling for what OU's offense could do is is higher against that defense than what uh, OSU's offense can do to OU's defense, if that makes sense. So uh, I know that that is, I mean, that's kind of, but that's, again, I mean, we're talking potential here versus what I, you know, what we've really seen. Um, you know, looking at uh, some of the teams that have actually had a little bit of success against uh, OSU moving the ball, um, I know that Texas and, and TCU obviously both lost, but they had some success. You know, it's like sending guys in motion and kind of attacking, you know, on the edges 
working kind of laterally against them. Um, and then coming back to the middle after kind of widening the, uh, widening the field. So maybe look for some of that, you know, it, it feels like it's a game where, um, you know, doing some kind of like spread option type stuff would, would work well. Now, I don't know how much of that OU has in its bag at this point in the season. Um, but you know, I guess just something to, th- to think about there. Um, does, does stuff to you like, OU kind of, you know, having such a big, historical advantage in this rivalry and and i think that you know a lot of people would say that mike gundy is coached kind of tight uh whenever he's taking on the sooners i mean does stuff to you does that factor into how you view this game oh i mean it i you know it's hard not to kind of think about that and you think you know it, it, maybe you're just a little overconfident in, in ou given how they've dominated this rivalry and, and even you know you look over the past decade right i mean um you know, OU is kind of dominated this, even in years where they probably shouldn't have won. Um, it, so it's it's hard to not look at that dynamic and, and you know, give some extra weight to OU in this. But, you know, I, I don't know that that's really going to matter here. Right. It's almost like this is as much Oklahoma State's big opportunity, you know what I mean, like to seize it as opposed to uh, – yeah. This is it. Like yeah. they're, yeah, they're, I mean, in my eye, they're, they're the better team. Um, they're at home, right? They have everything to play for. Like this is, at least in my, this is, this is a year they should win this game. Right, right. So do you have a pick? Are you going with the Pokes? I would go with the Pokes. I think the Pokes win by a touchdown. I think it's just, it's, it's too much. I mean, Oh, something drastic is going to have to happen for Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, this OU offense. You know, to kind of throw you to win this game, I, I just I don't see it happening. You know, at home, all the dynamic you know with OU leaving the conference is this the last time they're even going to play potentially, um, and the, let alone let it be for the conference. Um, you know, or at least a berth in the Big Twelve championship. You know, the playoff on the line. I think OU takes or OSU takes care of business this week. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning that way myself. Um, I'm not sure if they'll if they'll cover or not, but uh, you know the way, the one thing about it too is I mentioned those you know anti winning plays that we talked about. You know, I mean if OU can get rid of get rid of those, they I I do feel like they put themselves in such better position. You know, I mean uh, the stuff like you know. Uh, Williams kind of panicking at that one point. I, well, I don't want to say panicking because I don't. I really, I don't know. I you know obviously it wasn't uh, that close to the situation, but like that second interception he threw against Baylor, that kind of stuff, you know, or you know, like I mentioned, the uh, not being cognizant of the fake punt, or uh, you know, kicking too many field goals. That's the other thing. So, um, but yeah, I think I think I would take Oklahoma State by like a field goal, um, and you know what, it could be a pretty low scoring game. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, a win for OU keeps them in the playoff hunt, though, and, you know, gets uh, set up a rematch against the Pokes a week later. So uh, still a lot left to play out, I guess. Yeah, that, and that would be a lot of fun. So, you know, hopefully we'll get another week of football here. Yep, yep. All right. Well, Skinny, best of luck this week, man. Yeah, same to you. Thanks. All right. Thanks to the Skinny for joining us, and thanks to you all for joining us, too. If you're liking what you're hearing, please make sure to uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Let everybody know how much you're enjoying all this great gambling content we're bringing you. Um, 
But for the Blatant Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.